you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast has too many red flags to be a first-round pick. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL 2023 NFL Draft Round 1 Edition. I'm Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. It is uh, coming up on 10 o'clock Pacific time as we record this. Just finished a nearly four-hour live stream. Shot up to the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, boys. And now we're going to go through it all. Round one and all the excitement and surprises in that, in there. In, <laughs> in that, during that, during the, those, the picks, the 31 picks. We're a little. Uh, Nailed it. We're a little loopy, potentially, but I they're would in. say. That's what I was looking for. They're in. We, we've never um, put out. Anywhere close to this amount of content on day one of the draft, and I I had a great time with you guys. It, it was a lot of fun. People can still, if you're a true diehard, and if you're listening to this, you may or may not be. Uh, it's up on uh, our YouTube channel, the Around the NFL Podcast YouTube channel. It'll be there forever, so you can see us uh, lose our minds in the heat, and you can see us react as history was being made. Anthony Richardson going to the Seahawks, but more importantly, us doing a live stream together, and Jessica being featured prominently. Yeah. Well, anytime you can do a live stream where you have Jessica uh, featured prominently, you have a huge personal announcement, which go check out the stream. I won't even yeah, tell right. you. We, we got a lot of football. We got a lot to talk about what it was. Right. Uh, and in during that stream, you could turn the temperature up in the room to about 120 degrees. <laughs> And watch us melt in real time. I mean, that alone. Who said this podcast doesn't have sex appeal? <laughs> exactly. So check out the stream. We're, we're, we were happy. It was an experiment that uh, we're happy with. Um, and now we turn our attention to round one. Uh, and it was the big storylines, boys. Um, Bryce Young, not a big story, although it is the big pick. Number one overall. Uh, the number two pick. Uh, and we have sandwich props. We'll get to that on Saturday. But uh, all the talk about the Houston Texans moving um, out of that spot, maybe not taking a quarterback. Why don't we start there? Let's start with some quarterback talk um, going right through with what the Colts then did at four. Uh, but let's start, Mark, with uh, C.J. Stroud going to the Texans at two. How surprised were you that that happened? I was because I, I felt like there was this sort of impact, critical mass impact of like the Texans are going to go somewhere else with that number two pick. And uh, there wasn't a lot linking them to C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud, I think, took a lot of damaging PR over the last couple of weeks. And he... he For what, too? Stupid. Now, well, it's, now I when mean, you look back I, at I it. Think, I think, I think well, we'll it's, it's differently. It's different compared to what teams maybe think about these players. But, but for all of us, it was this S2 test and everything else about him. Um, the Texans instead went and got their quarterback. And, I mean, just watching C.J. Stroud's tape... I love the way he throws the football. I, I think it's it changes everything for the Texans who had they gone down the road with Davis Mills as their quarterback next season. It's like you didn't complete the test. Like 
Good job by uh, Jeremiah sticking with Stroud on his mock. And I think he even had the trade for Anderson right, which is crazy. Because it made too much sense. And that's what I, when I say for what, I mean all this honking for what. Mm-hmm. I give the Texans credit. I think what happened was there was a draft information vacuum. And just people just started filling in the vacuum of things that they were hearing. And it was all probably nonsense. And it's interesting. And I do think we should we should talk young a little bit because we haven't talked specifically that 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 combination. But you're right. The draft felt like it started at two. And it's interesting to think of all that S2 talk, Dan, because the offense that the Texans are going to run, Bobby Slowick, who they brought over from San Francisco. The one thing that Kyle Shanahan wants more than anything is just processing. It's why he always wants these guys like Kirk Cousins and Brock Purdy that are kind of just like, I can answer the test, one to two to three. So what if I don't make like huge um, game-breaking plays and improvise on my own? And the S2 test, in theory, was supposed to be testing processing. So they didn't care about that. They cared about the tape. And what they saw on tape was a guy who was extremely accurate, who takes coaching really well. And maybe he's not as exciting athletically as Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, but he feels like a quarterback where his floor or where I see him as is like a Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins type of quarterback at worst. And I think he's a, a even more talented thrower and he has a higher upside. Uh, so it was just interesting. They didn't care about the S2 test whatsoever. That's the quarterback they, they chose. They didn't care, but like Brock Purdy, for instance, like led everyone in the S2 test a year ago. And, and we saw what happened to him on the field. It is a case study to me, though. And I, I know these late season meaningless games that went over the Colts allowed Carolina after their trade to go decide which quarterback they wanted and the Texans are they took CJ Stroud but would they had would they have it number 1 I don't yeah, think so but who knows we don't know CJ Stroud could turn into a superstar and Bryce Young can't play or can't stay in the sure. field so it's it's so early and just like the the Panthers are saying we don't care about the S2 test well if he's a terrible pro and part of the problem is the mental game is what he struggles with, then we'll see. Yeah. So right now, this is why the draft is so fun and and such a great fan event is because it's hope season, it's optimism, it's the idea that all these guys are going to, are going to hit. And, you know, I, I have to say, like, when you see going back to Bryce Young as the number one overall pick, and the same thing happened um, with the Jets. With, when Bryce Young, when the trade goes down weeks ago, and it's like, oh, man, the Panthers got fleeced. I can't believe they gave up so much. Well, what do you think about the trade now? When you see this team as excited as it is, as, they, as this guy comes out on the stage and hugs Rog and they and they hold up the jersey and you know the Panthers feel like they are now moving forward again. Same thing with Rodgers and the Jets. Did the Jets give up too much? Well, go check out that building and the energy at Florham Park as, he, as Rodgers was introduced. Mm. Um, it doesn't hurt as much. So I really do I, – I think that both of these teams are loving the fresh start. Would the would, – in, would, in a different world – uh, should the Texans be drafting number one? Sure, but I think they have to process that if they haven't already. I think they probably have. Us as football fans, we haven't maybe because right. it was so wild how that played out. Well, even weeks ago, they were desperately trying to draft Bryce Young. So that that is why you can at least question the process. In the end, it might work out better that they have Stroud and we'll get to Will Anderson. But the reporting that came out on Thursday from Jay Glazer specifically about how close the Texans were to making that deal happen and they got a little indecisive at the end that initially Carolina thought that they were going to trade up with Chicago at two. Chicago thought they were going to trade down from one to two 
presumably uh, the Texans were ready to take Bryce Young, and then Carolina was going to move up from 9-2. to two. Who knows uh, who they would have taken at 2. We've heard some scuttlebutt. It would have been Anthony Richardson, actually, at, at 2. But Texans get a little indecisive, and they must have at some point decided, it's okay, we love Stroud this much anyways, and maybe we can now use some of the picks that we didn't uh, end up making in that trade, the number 12 pick, use that as a resource to get all the way back up to number three. And and we'll see which works out. But and it's just a reminder not to trust all these uh, draft reports and coming up. And if Young turns into a super-duper star, uh, yes, it hurt giving up DJ Moore. But if that's what ended up getting them over the hump to get that pick and make this happen it will be looked at as one of the great decisions in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, it's not a you know Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf scenario. It's just that I, I, I just think if you – first of all, the Texans to turn around and get Will Anderson the way they did at number three makes the night Ooh. extremely successful because that's who I thought they were going to go get and then be without a quarterback or have to get one down at 12. They were very savvy in the way they pulled off this night, and it's, it's kind of a rarity. I mean, I don't think of the Texans that way and haven't for the past couple of years because they've been lost in their own wilderness. They've been this not a even a competitive organization sure. for two years, and now they have something where it's like, look, they think they're going to compete this year. I think they should, and Will oh, Anderson yeah. mm-hmm. uh, was a great pick. I do, just before we wrap on Young, because we haven't hit it too much, uh, I think he's entering a better situation than most number one picks. Partly because they weren't that bad a team last year. They have a really good defense, I think. And they have a good coach in Frank Reich, who I think is perfect for a young quarterback. And they have a good offensive line. They don't have great weapons around them. And that's that's like the next thing. And, and they'll, I'm sure, add in the draft. And they had to give up some picks. So it's not perfect. But compared to most number one overall picks, like I think he's entering a, a nice situation. And uh, our favorite Panthers fan, uh, in the building, David Ely mm. did release a statement uh, oh, upon this draft pick. "Quote: We and love for people that don't know David Ely. Remember, yes, David Ely is was the number one Cam stand. He's a guy that he grew up in North Carolina. He famously had a bottle of champagne that he was going to drink with his, uh, I believe, his then girlfriend after a Super Bowl Fifty mm. win over the Broncos. It's close enough to the story." Mark. I, well, I mean, yeah. he and brought he, it to work. Yeah. He ended up yeah. drinking uh, the bottle alone in a hot tub. Uh, the girlfriend was out of the picture as well by that point. I think she had been out of the picture for about half a decade. I mean, I don't think that. But was, he was uh, still thinking about it. Sure, yeah, like mentally, lot. she was still in the picture. Anyway, the statement from Dave: <laughs> "Quote: We love our short king QB. Keep pounding." And so uh, smart, short and simple, David. Uh, like myself, not a, a large man. And yeah, we're looking to Bryce Young um, to really represent uh, the short guys out there, although he's really not that short. I mean, he's, he's 5'10 and a half. Uh, he, for NFL players, uh, he's short. And but. we had David Carr on our live stream, and I asked him about like the Bryce Young height situation, just another quarterback, what he would think, and he thought it came out really strongly saying in today's NFL – not concerned about it. That it's it's there's some misconceptions about what it would actually hold him back you know, from doing. I hear that a lot, and I, it's all good. Stay positive. Um, Five ten two zero four is his listed weight. He's got really like to be able to take a one, pounding. He's really like one ninety. Yeah. That's, that's the bigger concern. But he did take yeah. a pounding last year. It's a fair point to make that he got hit a lot in the SEC, and he was okay. So Heat pounding, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's well done, Grant Digger. One one. Last... I didn't hear anything actually. Oh no. Now you have to do it and do the bit again. And that's going to hurt. Keep pounding. There we go. Magical.
Wow, we got the same crew here uh, for the show. <laughs> Everyone's a little loopy. Everyone's yeah. doing so, d- double duty back there. Uh, Kendall's all, here. Eric's here. Uh, it's all happening. We've all lost roughly individually six to seven pounds each because it was roughly the duplicate temperatures of Iraq in the studio that we it were was, just doing. It was, it was a live stream but also a fat farm, and it was really enjoyable <laughs> to, to shake some of the weight. Can um, I just read the, uh, the terms that uh, – that they gave up for Will Anderson because it is worth noting yes. that they traded a a first round pick next year. Now I lost it here. A first and Ooh. a third uh, next year. So they gave up an incredible uh, amount. They gave up the twelfth pick. You know, so the they gave up the thirty third pick. The Cardinals ended up moving back up from the twelve, and then a first and a third rounder in twenty twenty four. So they really gave up a quarterback type of haul, like even though it was from 12 to three and they didn't take a quarterback, they basically paid for a quarterback. They paid a lot for Will Anderson. It's just they worth did. pointing out. A they first did. and a third next but year. But they got, I think in another world, you get one guy to build around. I know they had that 12th pick too, but in, in theory it was going to be quarterback or Will Anderson. They got both. And you kind of did two years draft work in one if they both work out. Uh, the Texans defense was not good last year, at least statistically. 27th in points allowed, 30th in total defense. One of the worst run defenses ever statistically allowed the sixth most, most rushing yards for a single season. So this is an area of need. And, yep. Anderson, and great. Here he comes. Yep. Great run stopper. Very tough. I'm glad he ended up going ahead of uh, Tyree Wilson, although I did lose sandwiches on that, so I'm not that glad. But he just made more sense as a guy that was – outrageously productive and it would have been maybe outsmarting uh, yourself to take someone else uh, ahead of him. And so he's also the type of guy, it kind of reminds me of when the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell and that was a terrible pick and people were like, what is happening? But the whole thing was like, well, this is a guy who the way he is as a human, like that's Don't who he wants um, to yeah, represent never us. A good sign. And that was Mayock's first pick. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's the D'Amico Ryan's era. Everyone says this about Will Anderson, that he's like the best leader if you want to be one type of person. But, oh, by the way, he's also like the most productive pass rusher of the last five years. You well, can- just as a side note, an asterisk here, this also essentially sealed my um, mock draft victory over oh, our producer. Oh, snap! Grave digger in the grave. Well, I mean, it's not a. I'm not trying to sling an arrow at you. His body's on not, him. not trying to drop a bomb on you, but it was a, 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 Justin's body a is still like kind of moving. He's got some like post mortem, like rigor mortis happening. Yeah, and you're just throwing the dirt on him. So you're it's over, baby. It wasn't. It wasn't a thing of beauty. Uh, <laughs> I think you got six picks right, and he got five. Is that correct? <laughs> Something that, like that, or we both got five, but he nailed the correct spot. Yes, so we had a scoring except system. Except about twenty minutes into. It, it looked like we were both totally on fire, and then it went about as cold case as the possible. The final score was 13-12, um, and I believe it was 13-12 at about pick 15 or 16, <laughs> yeah. and then it just held. It yeah, turned 14. into a real— yeah, Project Jones was the last correct pick. Mm-hmm. It turned into a real defensive struggle down the stretch, but Mark, uh, <laughs> congratulations on getting back your, your mock thrown, uh, crown. Thank you, and we'll have a decisive third match next year, barring— What up, Biatch? Earth-based disaster. <laughs> um, let's move to the fourth pick, and let's stick with uh, a big – you know, I was kind of relieved, i got to be honest with you, about Anthony Richardson coming off the board early because you know how it is. And, Greg, you were among the chorus, but it's not a personal slight. Certain players, like football Twitter, get so, like, excited that I could, I could feel, like, the anger if Anthony Richardson would have slid. People would have been furious because so many people had fallen in love with Richardson during this process. So when he went to the Colts at four, I was like, okay, I don't have to deal with those takes. 
it was a surprise. At least, I mean, it was to me. I I, I really thought he wasn't going to get past five with Seattle maybe, and maybe not six with Detroit. And there was some whispers that that, that, that was the case. There was a, a strong feeling he was going to go high. But maybe it was the Colts all along. I give them credit for not giving that uh, away in any way. A couple hours before the draft, Will Levis who did not get drafted uh, on Thursday. We'll have to wait till Friday. Rough. He was in the room, too, the right. draft room. Biggest, room. biggest surprise, I would say, of the night overall was minus 400. In betting parlance, he was four times more likely to go number four overall than not. And yet, he didn't even get taken in the first round. So, for some reason, he was this heavy favorite to go there. There was all this chatter all along that it was Levis and Colts, Levis and Colts, and Levis and Colts. And this might have been a smokescreen that was intentional from the Colts to try to prevent anyone from trading ahead of them uh, where Arizona was at three and maybe taking Richardson because apparently Richardson was their guy all along, and I think it's a great fit with Shane Steichen and after what he did with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, I just think about where we were with Jalen Hurts a couple years ago, and you know now he's MVP-level talent and the, set, the face of the Eagles franchise. It's like I kind of love the coach-player match with Steichen to develop some of this with Anthony Richardson, you know, limited college experience. Um, I love what Bucky Bucky Brooks said, that this is basically sort of like an NBA draft pick where you're not necessarily taking the most polished example from a college player. You're taking potential traits, and he brings all of that, and he feels like the future of the position to me. And I think it's an incredibly exciting pick for a Colts team that has really um, flatlined with boring, awful, unwatchable quarterback play for years on end. Let me go through it since Andrew Luck's uh, surprise retirement in 2019. Jake Brisket, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. So obviously this is a, a big turn. Now that for the first time they are investing in a young quarterback coming out of college. It's crazy. Throw Foles in there. That is like the least athletic yeah. group of quarterbacks yes. you could come up with. Since Luck. And so Richardson is a, a total swing in the other direction. And um, there are, you know, there were we talked about it leading in. There are some concerns about whether he's polished enough to, to attack the game in a successful manner with a short game. But listen, we'll see. It's wor- I think it's worth – I think we all graded it uh, in real time on the stream as a great move. And if the Colts – if he does develop the way they hope, it, there's a good chance this looks. This is one of those things like, oh, he went fourth, but he was the best player in the draft. Yeah, and it's an immediate headache to defensive coordinators. I mean, it's like there aren't a lot of comps of a quarterback like this and how – Teams are going to have to stop him. And it's like you talk about this like he's going to take take so long to develop. He's going to start right away. Well, he's only started – he only started 13 games at Florida. Right. And so right. you so can look like, at that two ways. Like he's inexperienced, no doubt. But I, I think there's a way to look at that and think like he actually kind of needs to play. And I think playing will help him. I mean, he was a red shirt – he was a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. And so he's, he's a couple years younger than like Will Levis – for instance. And I think he's got to learn by playing. And when you have that running ability, that gives you like a baseline where I think you can have an offense that's capable enough as he gets better. I like that. And Shane Steichen, of course, helped turn Jalen Hurts into a superstar in Philly. And yet I've seen it happen. Um, Zach Wilson, sometimes a raw <laughs> a prospect gets uh, thrown out on the field. And then when it's not going well, you're like, oh, man, they maybe should have given this kid a little time to to learn this the, on the sidelines or – He's 20 years old. He started 13 games, and he had a completion percentage south of 55 percent in college. So there's, is he going to be able to make be starting wow, against NFL 20? defenses in September? Right. I, I mean, mean if he can, he he is an exciting player, no doubt. Uh, 
But it's a big it's a big ask for a kid that has not a lot of experience. It, you know what though? Like the same way you talked about Rodgers and Bryce Young, it's like when we pick our games for week one, like I'm zooming towards the Colts mm-hmm. if I have the chance because it's like they're a must watch team and they have not felt that way about them for a long time. And it was a bold move and I love that. Right. He's got a couple receivers, Pearson Pittman. He's got a good offensive coach. Jim Bob Cooter's back in the building. The offensive line wrong. is okay. It's not good, but it's not terrible. I Yeah, him and Minshew. You have Minshew there if, if, it's, if you really don't want to start him uh, right away, but it, it's the pocket presence for me. I mean, we'll talk about it plenty in the coming days, but I, I love it, and I love that it kept me from feeling mixed things about Seattle and and Anthony Richardson, because I really think they would have taken him. I think it would have been a smart move, because I do think you can compare him to two guys, Cam Newton and Josh Allen. We'll see if he gets there. I think he has better pocket presence than either one of them. Uh, he certainly has to, has a lot to learn, though, too, in terms of You the actually short said on the live stream that you, if they picked Will Levis in that spot, the Seahawks. which seems insane now because uh, he didn't even end up going in the first round. Uh, you were never going to support the Seahawks ever. Again. I was going to renounce my Seahawks fandom <laughs> if they took Levis. That would have shaken the building. In Seattle. Richardson shaken felt the building. okay. If it was going to be Levis and you're ruining my Geno time, I would be unhappy. Instead, they just improved the team around. Every Gino. time they, um, yeah, we're going to get to that. Every time they cut to Levis in the green room, Stop Greg it. did the Nelson from the Simpsons laugh. That's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I was what? like, bro, he's a human. He's a kid. It was, what did it was, I say on our little predict on our preview show? I said I think Levis is a good prospect. He's kind of like like an early second round type of like has a chance to be a pretty good starter prospect. That was it. You said he was like Ryan Tannehill. I said he was like a Ryan Tannehill accurate. type of guy. He's had a. He did do that Actually, laugh, though, Dan. He did career. do that laugh. He did the laugh. Yeah, I know. Multiple every, times. every time we 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 cut to him. It's two. It's two people that said it happened. It's not true. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they uh, had that pick from Denver. <laughs> They took. They it's took. Not true. <laughs> they took Devin with a spoon. Cornerback <laughs> uh, out of Illinois. I'm going to do three here, and then we can just talk it over. And then we're going to take a break and keep rolling. Um, the Arizona Cardinals from Detroit via the Rams it gets a little complicated sometimes with the, the drafting or the trading. Paris Johnson Jr., the first oh, tackle, wow. comes off the board to the Cardinals, and then the Raiders. Uh, a team that needs defensive help take Tyree Wilson, defensive end out of Texas Tech. Go ahead, boys. Have at it. I love Tyree Wilson to the Raiders. Uh, I mean, they to pair him with Max Crosby, um, if he works out, you've got a genuine, like, tornado there on the front of your defense. A genuine tornado. I mean, and part of the reason is that the comp. they know Chandler Jones <laughs> is not long for Las Vegas. If it wasn't for the guaranteed money as contract, he probably wouldn't be on the team this year. He'll be there for one more year. So I think you have, you know, Jones, Tyree Wilson. To me, Tyree Wilson is... Maybe the biggest boomer bust pick of the draft. Paris Johnson might be the other one. And, you know, just because they were both taken so high, they're both traits guys. Those two positions get pushed up in the draft. We've seen a lot of edge players and tackles get overdrafted, and I know that's like the analytical thinking: take edge players, take tackles. But you also have to get it right, and like you want. I know you don't want to go for singles and doubles, but these two guys, Johnson and Wilson especially, feel like they're going for home runs, whereas Seattle went with a guy in Devin Witherspoon who feel felt like the clear best cornerback in this draft, very physical, just kind of uh, the classic, like, got that dog in him. A little surprising Seattle took him because they haven't taken cornerbacks at eye. 
Uh, but you figure Pete Carroll will know what to do with him, and uh, I think a player that Seahawks fans are really well. They love. they hit on Tariq Woolen in yep. the draft last year as a late round pick, and now they go and make a lottery selection. That's a great cornerback tandem. If uh, who knows, um, physical. If, I mean, that is a physical if duo. If Jamal right Adams there. can come back healthy, as another physical player in their secondary, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying it's Legion of Boone, but it could be a really good back end. And I I'll, I'll always wonder with the Seattle Seahawks here if. And it, it kind of speaks to Gino. Like we talked about in the old days, the Gino coaster and how he would just be up and down, up and down. Um, that's been a great, I guess down is good for a roller coaster. So it's kind of a confusing thing. But Gino, it's just been a long down, like celebration, arms up, <laughs> even here, because who knows the he way had a that great day. Seattle's yep. GM, uh, if, if Schneider and Carroll had Richardson available. Do they take him, and how does that change the trajectory? Instead, they take defense, and then we'll get to it later. They go get help for Gino. So a, Gino's one of the big winners. As we yeah, talk so about winners if, you, if you have Anthony Richardson behind Gino, the problem is that about 14 minutes into week one, Seahawks fans are going to be wondering and clamoring for the concept of seeing Anthony Richardson replace any ups or downs right, that Gino had. Gino really signed what amounted to a one-year contract, very similar to what Derek Carr signed a year ago, a little different in terms of money, but very similar in terms of structure where it's like one year, if it goes well, it'll keep going. If it doesn't go well, we'll take a little bit of pain and we'll say goodbye. I don't think that's going to happen, especially after this night. Yeah, we'll get to it, I guess. But uh, I'm ready to crown the Seahawks 2023 NFC West champions. Let's go. Right. Dan, are you um, enthused about another campaign, Gino-filled campaign, along with our friend Greg here? I mean, it's the the Gino thing is kind of whatever for me, but the the Seahawks <laughs> fandom it seems like it's going to be coming on stronger than ever. Yeah, you can feel it. Just seems like a lot. All right, let's take a break, <laughs> and then we'll keep rolling. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. All right, we're seven picks in. Let's keep rolling here. So the first running back is off the board. In fact... Why don't we bookend this? Um, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I, I'm not even going to get to the middle, but I just want to say at number eight overall, uh, the Atlanta Falcons take Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, and then the Detroit Lions from the Arizona Cardinals via Houston through Cleveland. That's that's how that – That's a journey. That's a lot. They take Jamar Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama. So we have two running backs that come off the board – in the top 12, let's start, though, with the Falcons, Mark Sessler, a team that is, uh, you know, in a very important year for the organization, year three under Arthur Smith. They add a dynamic running back. However, there's a year guy in the mix that's probably like, bruh, what else did I need to show you as a rookie? And now you brought in this kid. Tyler Algier cannot be thrilled. Tyler Al- Algier. Algier. Is officially uh, your guy. I like the phone in the background. I'm not backing <laughs> off him as my guy because I think that Arthur Smith, There, this is a, something another team wouldn't have done because you had value at the position already. 
Um, I think Bijan Robinson is just an absolutely beautiful fit for the Falcons. They were they punished people on the ground a year ago. This is a very much Arthur Smith saying we're not going to veer away from that approach. Uh, you're in a way because I think there's still. The concept that if the if if the Titans ever took Well Levis um, in this in this later on in this draft probably won't happen, but that someone like Tannehill would become available and go to the Falcons. Mm. You've, you've essentially built Titans 2.0, and I think Arthur Smith's like I'm going to continue to do what worked in Tennessee. And you know what? Because I I know a lot of people are like, what's the deal with Desmond Ritter? How are we? Where's all this trust in him? But this takes so much heat off a quarterback if you can dominate on the ground the way they did towards the end of last season. Like The argument against it is they already had a great running game, so how much better can you get? You know, you have Corderell Patterson there, by the way, too. Like, he's still around. You have a good uh, run blocking offensive though? line. That's, that's what I was about to say. It, he is LaDainian Tomlinson to me as a prospect. Like, that's who he reminds me of. I've seen the edge comparison, too. But to me, Bijan Robinson is just so smooth. Like, Part of the value of him is I don't think you ever have to take him off the field. He's just a, a, a hoss, and he's so good on third downs. His hands are so good. He can run routes. He can make you miss. He's a power back, and when I'm talking about like Paris Johnson, who, who got taken sixth overall, the tackle, who I think most people probably wouldn't have had him in as a top 15, 20 most talented player, but he plays a position that pushes you up. Like If Bijan Robinson is a four-time Pro Bowler. Not even LaDainian Thomas, but a four-time Pro Bowler. That's a good pick. I don't care that he plays running back. And I just feel more confident in him than almost any player in this draft. And it makes me more excited to watch the Falcons. So that alone uh, makes it a good pick. Greg and I have been pushing this Falcons happy. thing for makes a couple of years, Dan. We might finally get our way here. They have a nice little roster well, here. The quarterback and the receivers. wrong for two years, and well, now maybe this really. makes they've more been, sense. They've been getting a little better. They've been getting a little better. All right. I believe in Arthur Smith. Um, I think B. John Robinson has to be the best running back in football or be in that conversation after this season for this to be the right move. In my opinion, although, but like, who else? Wh- who else? Do you, you I'm saying take? you could have uh, listen. There, this is this team's not a finished product. I I think you could have uh, looked in other positional groups that had a, a bigger need. Because I'm just saying, if Algier and Patterson are already there, could they use another pass rusher? Could they use somebody in their secondary? Could they use, they could a, use weapon, a wide receiver? Another weapon but, on yeah, offense? I, like, I think they felt it was too rich. For Smith and Jake. Maybe Buck. he is Ladanian Tomlinson. I'm not saying I'm, you you can't come back to me in October and be like, hey, you said Bijan Robinson wasn't going to be good. He could be, but it's to me, he, he almost has to be uh, that special for this to make sense. If he's just like a four time Pro Bowler and they move on after half a decade, that's the thing that's. Well, what if he's me. Derrick Henry, or, or the equivalent of production? That's like a Hall of Famer to me. You have to yeah, be like I, a I Hall think of that's Famer. what they're seeing him as. So, I, I could see that. I also think he can and should be the number one overall pick in fantasy drafts, like as a rookie. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but to me, do you not worry about the timeshare there, like as no. a so. Well, do, do they, you, I know they did that last year, but still, no. Do you He'll move get on from do you, like ship Tyler Algier or no, he's Cordero a great backup. He was a, he was a fifth round pick last year. He was a great, great backup. You give him seventy five to a hundred touches, like backups Ouch. of your. Sorry. Um, but, I, you know, I thought it was really interesting now to tie it back to Jameer Gibbs, the running back uh, out of Alabama who went to the Lions, um, how you had two running backs go in the top 12. And in both uh, situations, they were – they're going to teams that, A, didn't make the playoffs last year, which kind of flies in the face of the Jeremiah theory that I like, like 
if you're going to draft the running back, be a loaded team, a playoff team looking to finish off your offense. And B, both teams had pretty good running back rooms. Um, so that it, I, I don't hate either fit. I was just surprised that these were the teams – that grabbed these two very exciting young prospects. Well, the Lions went out and got David Montgomery, too. I mean, I feel like that is a backfield where we could see someone on the way out at some point. DeAndre Swift seems to be Swift. maybe a little bit out of uh, favor. That, with that, that, with that one was kind of shocking to me. Now, I think the Lions did a good job. They traded their first and a third with the Cardinals uh, for the Cardinals' first and second. So the, the Lions have the, what, the fourth pick on Friday night. They have the 34th overall pick, and they got that by moving down six spots from, from six to 12. Gibbs is a really exciting-looking player, uh, great receiver. He compares himself to Jamal Charles. Stylistically, you could maybe see that, but he's, he, he seems dynamic a, as a receiver. But it makes it makes weird, se- no sense to me that they gave David Montgomery all that money. Hmm. Like, why are you spending that? If you're going to... Maybe there is another shoe that drops here. Well, yeah, right. Swift yeah. has got to be gone. Right, right. now, De- De- DeAndre Swift is your third running back. It doesn't make sense. Um, Jalen Carter, if I guess it's a fall. He he goes at nine to the Eagles, who uh, had 70 sacks last year, but were very busy bulking up their uh, front seven. Still, um, the Bears followed by taking mm. Darnell Wright, a tackle out of Tennessee. And then... Uh, Gravedigger's Tennessee Titans take Peter Skaronsky, uh, the lineman at Northwestern. Could be a guard, could be a tackle. Um, let's start there with those with that uh, trio. Gravedigger, uh, I know you were happy with uh, this pick. Skaronsky was on many mock drafts, like the guy that was coming off the board first at the tackle spot or the lineman spot, and yet uh, that's not the case, and you end up getting him. Yeah, I was pretty excited about this. I wanted the Titans to get a quarterback. They all kind of went. I, like, I wanted them to get C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson in that was obviously not in the cards. So Skaronsky, I mean, he's like he was the best offensive lineman in college football last year. And his only real concern is that he may not have long enough arms to play tackle. But if he comes in, the Titans don't have really a starting left guard on the roster right now. Andre is. Dillard is slotted in as your starting left tackle. If, you know, you put Skaronsky at left guard because you're looking for a long-term, you know, fix at left tackle, Great. If you put Skaronsky at left tackle and Andre Dillard has played guard in his career, like they're gonna figure it out. And I think Dillard also gets hurt like usually after a that couple too. Of weeks, so, so I mean, to me, it's like we're not exactly <laughs> sure where all the pieces are gonna fit on the line, we, but we have good pieces, especially like I think Skaronsky could be one of the best guards. Well, I mean, versatility is is he's been compared to Elijah Vera Tucker. If you got a guy, oh, we need a guard, lock him in there. And I saw oh. Zach Martin comparisons too. Like yeah, if he yeah. can be the best guard in the NFL, got hurt, kick him out to tackle, and oh. he'll he'll do a great job there. So I think that's a good. It seems like what a about very his short arms though. He's got short arms. <laughs> well, that was what moved Zach Martin in. I mean, he was a tackle at first, and then he became a Hall of Fame team guard. Short arms. I'd rather have a Hall of Fame guard still than play guard. like a so-so tackle. Yeah. That said, you told us, Gravedigger, you did a seven-round mock Titans. That's a lot Seems of like a lot. lot of rounds. Well, we did like one of those, sim- you know, the draft simulators. Who's okay, we? Pick for the Titans. My co-host and I on on our podcast. The what, Music how City long Auto. did there that take? Is. Get that plug in there, bro. How long did that take? It was about an hour-long pod. Okay, but you had Skaronsky. <laughs> yeah. Going to the Titans on that on that pod, yeah. And if you had just picked, who would you pick for the Titans on our pod? Stroud. Uh, Stroud. I had them trading up for Stroud. Mm. I was buying into all the Mark smoke. Mark incredulous. 
What? No, I thought you like what you literally An went hour over podcast seven rounds of picks well, on just a pod? the Titans picks. just the Titans. Oh, all right. I thought you, I thought you did. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a white noise machine in the middle of the night. So if you had uh, if you had just picked Skaronski on this pod, Grave Digger <laughs> should have you would have won the you competition. Won. So now close. I have a question about that. So close. Not that it matters anymore because uh, I'm already uh, losing. Uh, I'm already yeah. losing. Filing but, an appeal. Here we go. No, no, no. No, you can't return your Harold Landry the third jersey. They're not taking returns on that. That's the answer to your question. If Mark has 13 points right now, right? Yeah. What if Not the Titans, right now, permanently. What if the Titans pick Will Levis at 41 tomorrow? Oh. We're not we're not engaging in like... Oh. Then you get 15 points and beat me by three? I don't know. We got oh, because I picked... Ten. You picked him. Well, then maybe it would be applicable. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> that was a La Vieux Magnifico uh, right no, there. No, I would say like the, the the scoring is locked down at this point, right? Yeah. I, think I mean, there's no like something fine. happens in the third round. No, I do want to see what would happen. Mock. Right. A... What would happen, though, if they did that, then I think the Artana Hill to Atlanta plan becomes mm. much more tangible. Now, Gravedigger, we, we'll get to sandwiches uh, on Saturday to recap them all, but you said there wouldn't be any top 10... Uh, trade top seven, but yes, I oh, still was, was wrong. it top seven? And there was a couple here: the Detroit trade, there was the Arizona trade. Yeah. So you got, you oh, got pretty. Listen, it went pretty quiet from there, though. There was it wasn't overly trade heavy. You cool with the short arms? I'm cool with it. If like Rashawn Slater has short fairly arms. short arms too, right? Like, and he, he was amazing. coming here and absolutely clean house. Well, got, let's let's talk about the arms. other uh, the other top ten trade though, which was the Eagles trading up one spot. Oh G- yeah, gave up very little. What a night for Howie. Unbelievable. I mean, Unbelievable. We could, they're I, the winners. I think we could talk about their two picks together because they're Do kind it, of mother a, f- <laughs> They're a combo platter. To get Jalen Carter, the number one player on Daniel Jeremiah's board before the off-field stuff really popped up, the guy who pops off the screen more than any player in this entire draft where you just look at him and you're like, oh, my God, that guy is just going to destroy in the NFL. He's one of the best defensive tackle prospects in years. To get him at nine, and all you gave up to move up was what? A fourth-round pick to move up that one spot. And then you get Nolan Smith late in the draft, who to me was like a top 15 type of player who looks a lot like Hassan Reddick. You put those two guys on what's already a pretty good defensive line, and it's just the rich get richer, and they know who they are. I really love the way the Eagles build their team. Half their defense is from Georgia. Uh, (laughs) You're playing in a pretty weakened NFC right now. Where the landscape feels very who, manageable. Who are the top five quarterbacks in the AFC right now? Uh, NFC right now. Well, you'd have to. You'd be. You'd be giggling Hertz, by the time you got to number five. I think. Hurts, Dak. Good luck from there. Yeah. Then it gets. Uh, gets weird for quick. me. It gets weird. St- you know. You need Fields to make Nick, take a jump. Cousins is in there. Maybe. Well, uh, that makes that. That's an insult. Zoinks. We're missing Staff someone that are going to get people really mad, but. Just that's imagine diff- we didn't forget. That's a different it. exercise for Matthew a different Stafford. day. Matthew Stafford. Who we forget anybody in the NFC? Brock Purdy, Geno Smith. Geno. Geno might be five. He might be in the top five. Daniel it, Jones. I guess from a talent perspective, Kyler Murray, but he's not even present. No, that, that's no, fair. No, that's no, fair. No. Uh, Say t- talent no. from a talent angle. Kyler. Jared Murray. Goff. I mean, it really. Uh, <laughs> it's <a> depressing <laughs> landscape. Like that pick of the Eagles was what, the Saints pick last year? And it just goes to show when you're not, when you're always thinking about the future, and I think the Eagles think about the future better than just about anyone. They do everything like a year in advance. Like that trade at the time was like, oh yeah, that was a good trade. Uh, they got, they picked up an extra first. Saints moved up for Olave, but the Saints are happy. Now you look at it a year later, 
because you weren't getting too antsy. You waited a year. You get maybe the best player in the draft for just waiting a year. Here, um, I think we talked. He pled no contest to misdemeanor charges of yes. reckless driving and racing. And then this, is according to ESPN, he was nine pounds heavier at his pro day than he was at the NFL Combine two weeks earlier. He couldn't finish his positional drills. So. Listen, you could see that stuff, and it affected. It affected him most likely, and maybe. And this is where you kind of trust the organization. This is why I'm not saying raving a red flag myself. I'm saying, okay, if if Philly felt like he checked out and they could get him on the on, on the straight and narrow, I buy it. Especially joining a a veteran roster here. You got veteran like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Fletcher Cox, guys like that. This is. This is a perfect spot for Carter. Yeah. I mean, Seattle was the one a lot of people pointed to, and that would have made sense too. But Philly is a great landing. Yeah, spot. you have you have a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai. Like, uh, I, although there was a lot of stuff they they'll do similar at, from last year on defense, and I mean they're just ultra loaded. Mm. Uh, the Bears. That was a very uh, a smart decision. They have to better protect Justin Fields. So Darnell, right there, a clean uh, prospect, a tackle there. Any thoughts beyond? That right tackle, uh, you know, they're happy with their left tackle. Braxton Jones, I think they hit on a fifth rounder a year ago who really looked quite good at left tackle. And so they took a guy in right who, you know, the way explained to me, the more you watched him, it was like, why isn't this guy getting ranked higher on draft boards? And then eventually he did. He he looks like the most ready kind of guy to go play day one. He's just a right tackle only. But for the Bears, I don't think that's going to be a similar them. situation to Seattle where when they hit on a late-round cornerback last year, and now they come yeah. back and they get a big prospect. And if they hit on this guy now, look out. And you did it um, in a without giving up two lottery-type picks. I keep clicking by mistake, and, I'm, and I just exit out. I'm Peter Schrager's mock draft and thinking those were the picks that actually happened, <laughs> and it's blowing my brain. It's like, what? What is that? Okay. Uh, what? what? Get, hit it. Hit it. Let's go. Let's fly. Give me a long one. Give me a long, Greggy, what, what? 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 I'm getting what? hot again. What? <laughs> what? 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 All right. Okay. 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 Yeah, you're gonna lose me. Soon. So this this part of the draft frustrates me a little bit. So the Packers, as part of the Aaron Rodgers trade, uh, sw- swapped number one picks this year. So they move into 13, and they say we want to get some help with our defense. They do it all. By the way, this is what they do all the time. The Packers they take defensive it's players. True. They didn't stick yep. it to Aaron Rodgers in that the was first round. They would. And uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa goes there. Well, so yeah, I mean, I had a sandwich prop saying that they would take at least four wide receiver, tight end combinations. Still could happen. It still can happen. It was nebulous. The th- prop. Yeah, but this is like they've got eleven more picks. This is where I thought it would happen, though. Was like you go get the best wide receiver and you build around Jordan Love and. It, I guess it is frustrating from that angle, except that Lucas Van Ness, to me, along with Rashawn Gary, is I just think he, he just strikes me as someone that's going to come right in and be ultra disruptive. And I just I I've liked him a lot through this whole process. Um, he's sort of an athletic freak, and it's something it's good for Green Bay. I think it, from that angle, it's not like it's negative because he's not a wide receiver. Well, he also is wearing the shirt. I think of any draft prospect that would have been most likely to be worn by Mark Sessler. Like it was a pretty wild, mm. beautiful shirt that was mm. really uh, 
a change to what we mostly see in men's fashion. Mark is trying to be the change that he wants to see in men's fashion. He's been very frustrated for well, years. Well, I, I at least complain about it. I don't know what change. Well, I this shirt. Look at this. I mean, people should check out uh, the YouTube of this. What podcast. do they call it? Paisley? Is that what that? I is? don't know what this is. Nice. About the... Something Prince would wear in his. Um... A state, like earthly flower arrangements or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Van Ness nice. will be good, but co- I, color me less excited that we got like Preston Smith's replacement. Ouch. I don't know. I just wanted something more poppy. But oh, he fits very much with Gary and Preston Smith. He, he reminds yeah. me of Preston Smith, kind of as a guy who's going to get a lot of pressures, probably not a lot of sacks. Good, good. Step These in the guys rest. from like Iowa, they don't care if it's like one degree out. That's not the pick that. that annoyed me. The next pick is what annoyed mm. me because the Pittsburgh Steelers trade up with the New England Patriots. And, you know, we talked about this leading into the draft. It's time for Pittsburgh to shore up that offensive line and get back to, you know, dominating up front. We had Damashek on the live stream. Check that out. And he, he made a point of that as well. They go and get Broderick Jones, which not only costs me a sandwich, it, I think, causes uh, the next team, the Jets, to have to pivot and go in a different direction. So uh, this that was an area need for Pittsburgh. They have a second-year quarterback in Kenny Pickett. A running game that I feel like, you know, they have a a first round running back uh, from a couple of years ago that Najee they, Harris, yeah, Najee Harris, that you feel like it hasn't ever really totally clicked, and I think a lot of that goes back to QB line play. Maybe now everything's in line for Harris to truly take off and Pickett to take the next step with a big time lineman. If if Project Jones hits, I think you started to see that run game come together at the end of last season. The line got a little bit better after being an abject disaster early on. Damashek, who is pretty accurate with his uh, Steelers prognostications, called him an 11-win team in a, in a rough-and-tumble AFC. Um, the line, I think, for you know, growing up, the Steelers always mauled you with the, with the offensive line, and it's been a real problem lately. And their offense now at this point feels so different from where they were a year, a year and a half ago because you got all these young, talented players on sort of their first contract and hmm. quarterback, George Pickens, you're improving the line, Najee Harris. It's like you can really see something there. There was a, kind of a run on, on tackles here. So it's telling to me the Patriots traded out. I thought they might take a tackle, but they traded out. They picked up you know, an extra, I think it was a fourth, uh, to move down a, a few spots. And uh, maybe they were just happy to extra stick it to the Jets. They somehow knew that the Steelers would take the Jets guy. Although we don't really even know it was the Jets guy. It just seemed to make sense. That I they think were it was him. the Jets guy because the Jets, they, they take Will McDonald um, out of Iowa State, who is uh, known as Bendy or Mr. Bendy. And is, uh, <laughs> despite not having uh, ideal size, is a uh, very athletic, talented ed- edge rusher. You need Jets are still looking for that consistency. Uh, in their pass rush, and yet, yeah, I think they were kind of caught a little bit here because, remember, they have Carl Lawson. Uh, it's kind of a forgotten thing, but they had all those first-round picks last year. They took Jermaine Johnson uh, last year as well. They have uh, a ton, ton of uh, linemen, and I know Salah is going to try to keep all those guys in the mix, but I don't know. I was definitely – it's. it's all kind of – there's still a lot of afterglow with the Rodgers thing, so I'm not really that down about it, but – the offensive lineman felt like such the move, and they just they ran out of the big four. Yeah, I thought you made a good point on our live stream where like they are basically going into – no, there's more picks to come, but you're going into the season with last year's line that that's fine if they can stay healthy. And if Mekhi Becton you know, has had a good offseason, there's a lot of praise around what his effort and everything, but like 
you got to doesn't play in two years. You got to stay intact, right? Yeah. And so right. this would have been a big. I, it felt like a really ripe place for an offensive tackle. I, I would assume they'll take one in this draft, but it might be like a fourth rounder that you're just crossing your fingers that you can develop. Will McDonald is a little bit different flavor than the guys they have. I mean, he's a different flavor than most of the league, but we're seeing the league get lighter. I mean, he's like Nolan Smith in terms of his size, under 240 pounds as an edge rusher is, is wild. Uh, but just a total like Tasmanian devil of just getting after the quarterback and just tough as hell and didn't like blow up the combine quite as much. So I think a lot of people thought Nolan Smith would go ahead of him and Nolan Smith ended up going 15 picks later, but an exciting player, a little different flavor than the, the other guys. It's just have. not what I was expecting. I even thought there was a chance they might go get one of the, the wide receivers or a tight end, but they, they take another pass rusher, and he's going to eventually replace Carl Lawson. It just becomes a matter of, is that happening next year? Or is Lawson potentially, is that something that can happen? Will he be moved or even released? We shall see. Let's take a break. You'll and we'll- always have your chant. <laughs> well, uh, see, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me right now. It's Teflon, baby. Uh, let's take a break, and uh, we'll hit the back end of the first round. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, The Commanders, Meat and Potatoes, Mark Emanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Um, The New England Patriots traded back. To take a cornerback as well, Christian Gonzalez, who uh, dropped a little bit there, and then we'll uh, we'll move to the Detroit Lions and we'll hit all these three. Uh, Jack Campbell, a little bit of a surprise, inside linebacker out of Iowa. So they'd go running back and inside linebacker with their uh, two first-round picks, Detroit. You've got to be thrilled if you're the Patriots to have Christian Gonzalez, who – I don't know. That seemed like a top 10 pick or the first cornerback off the board, potentially to fall to you at 17. It's a place where I really would want to be a cornerback and go play because I trust the development there under Bill Belichick. It is exciting for them to have uh, and so rare to have a draft that worked out so well for them conventionally. I mean, some it doesn't matter what the mock draft grades are, but they'll get a good one for once because Gonzalez Fits a need. They certainly could use a cornerback. They could certainly use a cornerback that's, like, taller than me. I mean, their cornerbacks is just a small group. Jonathan Jones, you got Jack Jones, you got Marcus Jones. All the Joneses, they're not uh, terribly tall. Neither is Miles Bryant. It's just, like, one of the smallest groups of cornerbacks uh, in the NFL. Maybe in NFL history. Well, I guess they used to be small back in the day. Cause, you know, Can you uh, check every cornerback group in the history of the league and see. But now you're bringing a guy who's like smooth as hell. I mean, just the way he moves is nice. Like a little uh, Stefan Gilmore vibe. Emmanuel Sanders said on NFL Network before the draft that Christian Gonzalez was exactly the type of corner as a smaller wide receiver, exactly the kind of cornerback you don't want to deal with. So the Patriots are excited and, uh, and Forbes is fun too. Under 170 pounds is a six, one guy, but like, I was was in the middle of talking, sorry. It's okay, Greg. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say Christian Gonzalez was not uh, overly excited, it seemed, after he was 
selected. I think he was yeah. disappointed to fall to 17. Yeah. How much money? How much money does it cost you to fall from 17? Like, if he went top 10, is there that? I know it's a it's a big difference, but how big are we talking? Plus, I, like I don't have the exact number for you at this moment, but I can do some work on that. Justin, once you get through every cornerback's uh, group in the history of the league, just the exact money. All right. Okay. I, I got, a, I got a, an article. Number seven, let's say where a lot of people mocked yeah. them to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 27 and a half, 27 million. Number 17. Guaranteed. Well, this is the whole contract, which Got they it. almost always all get. Yep. Uh, Sixteen million, so that's a seven million dollar difference. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Pretty big difference. Well, maybe I wouldn't be smiling as much either. But he's still first round pick in the NFL. Uh, were we surprised about the Lions pick, Greg? Uh, after they take the running back, uh, going Jack Campbell there. Not a lot of people had uh, them there, but they do need to boost that defense. Yeah, that was shocking. Uh, Jack Campbell, though, is a guy I think. He, they kind of are living in an age that Dan Campbell played in. You know, mm. they they draft a running back. They draft an off-ball linebacker. Like, Jack Campbell is the type of guy who 20 years ago would have got taken in the top 20 and you wouldn't have blinked. He won the, the college award for the best linebacker. He's extremely athletic. He blew up the combine just like, you know, a nice corn-fed boy uh, from Idaho, uh, Iowa that just made play after play, like racked up tackles. But he was not getting a lot of buzz in this draft because that position's just not valued, and he wasn't like a total freak like a Devin White who was getting top 10. 2022 Butkus Award winner. Corn-fed. Corn-fed. I don't know why you always say that about – I always say that or people say that just, about like I Iowa. usually just know what Iowa that means, always, yeah. typically. Just means well, I think they're, they're out there working the fields. They're farmers. It means you played in Sons the of farmers Big farmers Ten. Themselves. You're like a, a white guy. Yeah. That's it's essentially like the, what it is. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, cra- it's the crafty wide receiver, but for like a linebacker, yeah, corn-fed. Yeah. It doesn't suggest a slight individual. It's always like I, I always see them – in mock drafts would be like, this guy just like looks like, uh, he just seems like a patriot. And it's just always a white guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's uh, keep on moving. I like this next pick. All right, the next pick. Go ahead. Set it up, pal. Kalijah Kansi, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Todd Bowles, Gets, uh, you know, baby Aaron Donald. I just I want to see him play because I mean, there's like baby Aaron Donald. What a, a some comp. of the comp. Yeah, but it's like his, his arms are also a little little short. That's maybe an issue, Shorts. but like he's explosive and they could use a little juice right there. Yeah, just like a pure pass rusher. I always get a little worried about Todd Bowles. Just seems like all he cares about is defense, and so Canty is a fun pick, and he's not going to be playing on running downs necessarily all the time right away. And that's fine, but they, he'll juice up the passers. But I just, I just, you, you do need to play offense. This is, goals. this is when I got a little or increasingly worried for Will Levis, because this seemed like a potential yeah, landing spot I for guess, him. I know in the draft board plays out a certain way or whatever, but they're serious about this Baker thing, I guess, Tampa. Yeah, I think they are at least for this year. I mean, but there, there's is that a surprise. It's a little surprising. I don't know. He's been flailing for years. He had a couple have, good games last year, but Kyle he's going to be there like week one. They starter? keep talking about Kyle Trask yeah, whenever they talk about Baker Mayfield. But what's so exciting about Kyle Trask? They could be seen? a Tannehill guy. I also think they're among the most likely Will Levis landing spots in round mm-hmm. two. Mm. I thought they would take Levis there. That was the first spot where I was like, hmm. I'm with you. Uh, let's head into the 20s. All right, this is a great pick. Um, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, after uh, passing on a quarterback and instead addressing their defense uh, in the top five. They then take Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State, seen by many as the best wide receiver 
in this class. So they have Tyler Lockett, they have DK Metcalf, and now they have Smith and Jigba. A very nice trio. One of the best. Damn. It, who was that? Damn. If, <laughs> if, if he hits. Wait, that's Kevin Hart talking to, uh, who was it? When he found out somebody was old, it's an, it's an actor. Eh. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Oh, and Cheadle got pissed. Cheadle got pissed. Every time I Check hear out Kevin that Hart talk, I just think of, of him saying, you know. Damn. <laughs> anyway, Smith and Jigba hits. That's a really nice trio. And, again, everything broke Geno uh, today. Mm-hmm. They don't get Richardson. They address defense in the first pick, and then they add another playmaker. Very nice, very nice. I think he's going to be really productive for them. Out of the gate, great route runner. Fits right in, and uh, you know, I thought he could have gone to the Jets. Um, I thought he could have gone to the Packers. It's a bit of a coup d'état for Seattle to get him here. He's like the option route master, and uh, we're just him and the quarterback have to be on the same page. He looks, he looks at the leverage, and he picks which spot to go. Basically, a a, a better version of all those slot receivers, and the Seahawks have been desperately needing that for years. Like he's just good at setting up defenders in the open field like he's kind of got like a crossover in terms of how he gets past people vision like he's just a great runner and man the three of them complement each other very well those three receivers yeah uh, great pick and you know what we were in the the heat of the moment doing the live stream I did not even process that this started a run of four straight wide receivers off the board so uh, as we said Smith and Jigba to Seattle the Chargers take Quentin Johnston, adding uh, another playmaker. That was a smart move out of TCU. The Ravens then, and by the way, we're going to get to Lamar in a second, but let's start by uh, uh, talking about the draft still. Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of BC, who had been connected to Kansas City as a potential option. He goes to Baltimore, and then with the 23rd pick, another wide receiver, Jordan Addison out of USC, goes to the Vikings. Um obviously uh, replacing Adam Thielen, or that's the hope. Wow, four in a row. I, I'd start with the Ravens because it it's a big win for, I think, Rashad Bateman, too, who, you know, he's been injured. He's had durability issues, but I think he's a very good wide receiver. You now have Odell Beckham, Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, a new offensive coordinator, and you have Lamar say, Jackson. Is it, a good, is it good news for Rashad Bateman? I mean, I just that I, I guess I should say that more, that I don't want him to be your number one wide receiver and now you've kind of put him probably where he's where he's tiered. It's not great for his production, but for the Ravens who have str- struggled for decades to draft anyone, like I thought Zay Flowers was almost a home run to be ch- chased after by the Chiefs, who seemed mm. so interested in him and it would have fit so well there, but this passing game has hope for the first time in a while. Well, Steve Smith, you know, watched Flowers and thought he kind of reminds me of me. And now you put him in Baltimore and you can't help but think of Steve Smith's Years there and Anquan Bolden, they've always had a. I know it's totally different staffs. It's not necessarily connected, but I, I can see Lamar throwing well over the middle of the field. That's where he's at his best. Tuesday Flowers, and now you have all sorts of different flavors between Rashad Bateman and Odell. It's just a much different team. And oh, by the way, you can have a fully healthy J.K. Dobbins, not like just coming back from injury halfway through the season. You've got Linderbaum's now a year older, their their first round pick. I mean, they still need to stay healthy, but on paper, it's a great day for 
Lamar Jackson, and we, we might as well get to it. I mean, sure. it's crazy that this is an afterthought. Lamar Jackson's new contract is an afterthought, but that's what happens well, it's, on draft yeah, day. It's the first night of the NFL draft, and Lamar signs, uh, a, a comes to agreement on a five-year, $260 million contract. Uh, Rap Sheet had the reporting there. The deal includes $185 million in total guarantees per Rappaport, the $52 million per year uh Annual salary uh, makes Jackson the NFL's newest, newest highest paid player. So Jalen Hurts had that title for all of a week. Uh, so you, there are different ways to look at this. Uh, of course, it's Deshaun Watson who has r- still has the strap for the most guaranteed money at 230. That was what obviously Lamar was shooting for. But he ends up in a very good place. He gets five-year deal, $185 million guarantee, and he's not going anywhere. Do we have some Lamar sound? Uh, making the announcement on social media as as the kids in sports do these days. Yes, courtesy <laughs> of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> All right. You know, for the last few months, there's been a lot of he say, she say, <laughs> a lot of nail biting, a lot of head scratching going on. But for the next five years, it's a lot of flock going on. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let us flock. Go, Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to be there. Can't wait to light a M&T for the next five years, man. Let's get it. M&T, the stadium. Right. A lot of he said, she said scenarios there. I mean, there is going to be a lot of flocking going on. We're going to be flocking up a storm in Baltimore. Let's go. What? Yeah, who's we? I don't know. <laughs> Just watching football. <laughs> People are that are happy this is over. You were right, by the oh. way, to, to ask if uh, the Hurts – contract had an impact i was like i don't know no i didn't think I, so I'm and, loyal to football. and he ends up signing essentially jalen hurts his contract plus 10 percent. that's that's why you don't need an agent apparently in the end is you just like oh yeah give me jalen hurts but uh, like add like seven percent i to mean all all, numbers. i i really don't <laughs> yeah. have a super strong feeling about to have an agent or not but it made it a lot more tedious for all of us yeah that's kind of the most important thing yeah at least for it's us it's over it's over and it's in a nice spot I, i'm just do we happy. know do we yeah they're is there anything about the contract we don't know? I don't. I, I have no idea. But all we know is it's no longer a story. He is going there, and and I said it about when Odell signed, the writing was on the wall there because Odell Absolutely. is a certain type of guy, and he was not going to go play with Snoop Huntley. Lamar was going back. It felt like it, it was going to happen. The only thing then was like, do the Ravens? How far did they want to take this? Did they want to? Do something like they did today by adding a playmaker and then have Lamar play right. on that franchise and see how he does with a better supporting cast yeah. before they – I kind of maybe would have thought about doing that. But at the same time, things had gotten so – I don't know if he would have Because the negotiation that. was so uh, grim that I don't think they even had that as an option. They almost had to make Lamar – happy uh, and keep it from being a circus, which is kind of what it was. I think what was lost a little in this is how much the Ravens wanted Lamar Jackson to keep being their quarterback this whole time. Now, they had a certain way they approached the negotiation, but they did not want to be in any world where they were starting over at quarterback when they have this quarterback that they really love. That's why they offered him $133 million guaranteed six months ago. The problem was that price was just wasn't enough. They get to the finish line. I'm glad it's over. And I'm glad like, this is a good-looking team uh, overall. That's why this that 11 wins for the Steelers seems rich to me because I think the Browns have a chance. They have a pretty good roster if Watson well, also, plays well. And then you have the Ravens and you have the Bengals. Man, that it's just a loaded When division. Damashek said that, that was before they had taken Zay Flowers here too, not that that's the complete turning point. I mean, I think if we knew all this was going to happen, um, that 
that Lamar Jackson was essentially going to go to market uh, months ago, and someone said not a single other team would show any tangible interest in him. That's an upset. Uh, it, the Ravens really want him, but no one else did. Well, they didn't want to give up, yeah, multiple first-round picks and that. I think there yeah, were probably I mean, aspects of it that were humbling for Jackson, but at the end of the day, things kind of worked out. And, and it's sort of gotten lost you know. in the shuffle. Todd Monk and the new offensive coordinator. You know, it's going to be a totally different offense. We'll see what it looks like. He was in college. You know, he had been in the pros before, but uh, it's, gonna, it's, not, it's not going to be that weird, just crazy, run-heavy Greg Roman thing. Well, I think the Greg Roman thing, as it does, kind of ran its course, and, and, and probably the moving on from Greg Roman was a big boon for Lamar Jackson, too, I think. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just wonder if, yeah. They had a potential opportunity to to see if Lamar could stay healthy this upcoming season. I just don't if think he would have. If his production was going to kind of get back to what he was a few years ago. You think he would have played? I, I could have seen I don't him. Think I, he, could, I don't think it would have. I think it yeah, was. Yeah, I'd see him stay out the year. It, it was kind of the, the well was poisoned from that perspective. So they, they're rolling the dice a little bit, but, you know, that's how it works. Um, yeah, if Kyler's getting that money, if Deshaun Watson's getting that money, like this is this is an MVP He's getting that money. Uh, here we go. The Giants, uh, who, by the way, gave a lot of money to a quarterback that maybe you need to see more from. Uh, they take a cornerback, Deontay Banks, out of Maryland. That That is an area of need. Um, the Bills, speaking of area of need, at 25, take Dalton Kincaid. So the first tight end comes off the board out of Utah, uh, giving uh, the team another offensive playmaker. Everyone was saying the same thing there. They need to add players. Now is DeAndre Hopkins next? Maybe not. There are reports that came out today that the Cardinals now are more likely to hang on to Hopkins, but maybe that smoke. Uh, Still would like to see that. Get Kincaid and Hopkins uh, in there, and, and we're flying. And then the Dallas Cowboys at 26 overall. Take the Wizard of Moz, Mozzie Smith, <laughs> defensive tackle out of Michigan. So uh, they want to help out with their uh, run-stuffing game, and uh, Smith is he's good at that. I love Kincaid for the Bills. I, I think that this would have been a wide receiver area too had there not been that run. Um, the one thing about the Hopkins, like just going to look at like over the cap, I think I mentioned this the other show, that the amount of dead money – that the Cardinals are still stuck with if they move them. I, I, I know they're in rebuilding mode. Yeah, they're so dead anyway, They're though, dead anyway, you know? so, so you like, get something for they've them. They've been but trying to, by all accounts. Rap yeah. Sheet said they were trying to include them in a, in a deal that would have included the Titans, uh, potentially. You're not just, just, just to say that was a tricky trade, though. football talk, rather, that reported that, I should say. Well, then why not Buffalo go get them? I mean, like, that makes... Right. I, I, I'm a little concerned about the Stefan Diggs thing, too. Like, he's not doing mm. the offseason. Like, it seems to be some here's, discord here's what, there. Uh, for what it's worth, Cardinals general manager Monty Asenfort had this to say after Thursday night. I don't foresee that happening, Asenfort said after Paris Johnson Jr. was taken at number six. Um, I don't know what is going to happen here in the next couple of days. Right now, I don't foresee that foresee that happening now so that's not definitely oh he also added deandre's a cardinal and we're moving forward oh well that's that's pretty strong i would have led with that quote but it's okay (laughs) uh i do love that kincaid pick they actually gave up a fourth round pick to move up two spots because i think they were worried dallas would potentially take dalton kincaid who knows if Dallas actually would have? Because I w- was sure they were going to take Michael Meyer there, uh, the the Notre Dame tight end. Who just he fell out of the first felt round. Felt like yeah. the Jason Witten uh, replacement, if there ever was one. But man, I really love Kincaid. I was totally with move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah. He had Kincaid as a top ten player in this entire draft. I thought he was the most exciting 
uh, pass catcher in this draft, period. Just crazy hands. Well, here's the test, Greg. This is the test, right? Yeah. We talked about uh, it's time for a tight end to come into this league and ball out. You demanded it. I demanded it. If if not, stop taking him in the first round. I mean, he's the 25th pick, though. He's, but I I'm think- saying first rounder, and you're, move, you're putting him in Western New York with one of the great quarterbacks in the sport. And okay. a, a great – they got Stefan Diggs in the building. You have – no excuse for this guy not to be a baller. It's Let's not go. too much to, for you to ask that. You, right, also, come on. Yeah. you also just gave uh, Dawson Knox a ton of money. But I don't. I think they're very different players. Knox, you know, a little bit of a blocker. But still, it, it's interesting. Give that much money to Dawson Knox and then take Kincaid. I do want to mention. Can I just say the great Eric Roberts behind the glass, one of the people behind the scenes that make the show go, and a diehard Bills fan pointed out the exact contract specifics. Oh, what was it, yes, $13 million a year? Uh, in that extension, yeah, uh, fifty-two million. Four year, fifty-two, I think. Like, <laughs> that is a lot of money. Yeah. And now you just brought in another tight end. Maybe they make it work, and then Knox does different things. I mean, that was but it's over, a lot of money. It was an overpay for Knox. A lot Knox of money. Is fine, but that was. And I, if, that there, was if there's any reason to uh, check out our YouTube live stream, go to the last you know ten minutes or so. And check out uh, Eric's Bill shirt. It's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Just check out Eric in general. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, you can do that too. He's a striking-looking guy. Yes. He's got uh, dark hair. A lot of comments in the guy, stream. The a mustache, and then like he's got these cool piercings, nice torso area, and then a really nice-fitted shirt. This is, this is getting... Um, <laughs> is everything okay, Eric? I guess doesn't have sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Are we cool, Eric? Okay, he's okay. giving me a thumbs the, up. HR has actually <laughs> just walked in. Let's HR see. is at home. HR yeah, is HR, sleeping. HR That's went home two days <laughs> ago. Ain't no rules. I'm falling asleep as well. Yeah, we're going yeah. home soon. But so that Chargers and Vikings Not fans really. don't uh, <laughs> complain. Quentin Johnston, nice little Mike Williams replacement. That's interesting, though. I, I kind of think Mike Williams is not long for the Chargers. One mm. more year on his contract. And then Addison was my personal favorite wide receiver in this class just because I feel like he is mm. going to get open. That's what Kwesi uh, Adolfo Mensa said uh, in, a, in his press conference. Just like this guy gets open coming off the bus. He just runs great routes. So good luck to cornerbacks trying to – that Guard Justin Jefferson yeah. and Addison. Addison's yeah. your number two. You can't double and, that guy. Yeah, that, and famously, it was the Vikings, a different uh, brain trust, obviously, so maybe it's not one-to-one, and it's not even close, actually. But they laughed when it was uh, – who did the, uh, who, uh, the Eagles take ahead of Justin Jefferson? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. So they're hoping – now on the Vikings. History is going to repeat <laughs> itself, and they end up getting the best wide receiver uh, in this draft class, even if he isn't the first off the board. And you know who else could just uh, – in his heyday – he just always got open. Randy Moss. Well, it's different. Okay. Adam Thielen. Oh, that's what he did. Well, I'm not. Ra- surprised. I'm not wrong. Like, about it's always Ra- open. I'm correct about Randy Moss. That's uh, just- absolutely right <laughs> about Thielen. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Mark, <laughs> you're muddling the process. I was. I was Moss doing was that fine. on purpose for you. He was okay. Remember that game on uh, Thanksgiving. And he had three touchdown catches. That was the only three catches he had in that whole game. <laughs> Against the Cowboys. Just think about that. Like, is, is Randy Moss truly elite? Well, it wouldn't have happened if that Cowboys team had Mazzy Smith, defensive tackle out of Michigan. So. The Wizard of Maz. All right, let's uh, finish it up here. The Jags, uh, pick they got from Buffalo, take Anton Harrison, tackle Oklahoma. We should mention that Cam Robinson, their uh, left tackle, uh, uh, apparently tested positive for PEDs and is facing a suspension. We don't know how long the suspension is unless something else was reported. But he's out for the beginning of the season. So here's Harrison. Um, potential six-game suspension, mm. it appears to be. Never a great sign when you're, like, taking a guy 
because your other guy just got suspended. I don't, I don't know. I don't I'm not like, sure that's why like they that. did that, but it feels a little little desperate. Uh, the Bengals take defensive end Miles Murphy out of Clemson, so they add. Um, you know, we talked. We connected them to those running backs. Uh, but ends. they were long gone, those running backs, yeah, by the time true. the yep. Cincinnati Bengals got on the draft board. So, yeah, they, they focus on defense there. The Saints uh, from, from San Francisco through Miami and Denver take Brian Brees, mm. uh, Bressy of uh, uh, Clemson, the defensive the tackle. The Sean Payton pick, yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, as we talked about already. Nolan Smith uh, out of Georgia and the final – it's got to be because it's the last pick. It's got to be the tough one. The Kansas City Chiefs take Felix Anudiki Uzama, defensive end out of Kansas State. Nice pop from the local crowd there. Good, great job by Kansas City in general. Since we were on air, we weren't really hearing the broadcast yeah. as much as I expected. I guess People I don't know seem why. to be having fun. But it just, appeared enjoyable. Just the visuals of it was wild. And then when they announced Anudiki uh, Uza- Uzama's name. They went crazy. And I just was like, wow, that's a lot of pop for him. But a Kansas State guy makes sense. Kansas yeah. State. I think Neighboring. They, a, a you know what? Uh, speaking of Eric Roberts, he, we asked Eric to give some um, some breakdown of that. He said, you know, loyal to the soil. Uh, but Kansas State and Kansas City, different states, right? Yeah, but they're close. In so Missouri, yes. Maybe but- a little disloyal to the soil. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a regional pick. Right. I mean, people get, yes, Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, there is a Kansas City, Kansas, but that's beside the point, I guess, in this conversation. I'm just pointing it out. It's a fair thing to point out, but I I understand. He said loyal to the soil, perhaps disloyal to said soil. You've just made things awkward with Eric after so many nice compliments just just minutes ago. Okay, you know how long right now it's currently 1.56 in the morning in Kansas City. If you get on I-70, you're getting from Kansas State to downtown Kansas City in 16 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's loyal. The soil's the same. (laughs) Got to get over the border, though. You're very into the state line scenario. Yeah. I understand. There could be a, a toll road. Now, you could start, stop at the Supermart in El Torito. It's about halfway if you want. I'm sure there's a rival up. supermarket for uh, you see the this Kansas State side. Yeah, exactly. Read that, read that to I, us. I wish I could pronounce his name. Felix. That's why I'm leaving it to you. Said, <laughs> quote, I got drafted by literally my favorite team growing up. That's pretty good. So your, argument continues, it's just a state, your argument continues to crumble, though, from a certain angle. I. Some, you are a factory of sadness. Some things are working against me in this argument. <laughs> I would say so. But the only thing I have on my side is the fact that it's a different state. And you can push back all you want, but that's not changing. Well, we can discuss that later. Can we? He's a top 10 football inside. The only thing you have on your side is that we, we just wrapped it all up. Oh, congratulations, Saints. You took another, like, toolsy defensive end that you're not in love with, uh, at least that your fans aren't in love with. They always take these guys. So who, yeah, obviously, let's see, who is the best available players as we, and by Mm. the way, the Steelers have the first pick of the second round. Steelers, Cardinals, Lions, first three up. Some of these tight ends. Does Will Levis go to one of those teams? Hendon Hooker, I don't know. Hendon Hooker, I mean. How about the Rams picking fifth in the second round? Hmm, interesting. Like, I what mean, do you project for them? They need the a quarterback, bit. maybe? Oh, you know who didn't go? Joey Porter didn't go. 
Yeah, Joey Porter. Joey Porter, who I oh, and the Steelers are up first. Maybe that's the spot. I think you've got to. I hate when teams don't do this they thing. They might that's not an... think he's that good at football, though. I yeah, know there's it's a, it's a connection a, to yeah, it's a relative dad, surprise that he fell out of the first round. A though. lot of it, you know, yeah, a physical guy that most uh, analysts had in their top twenty. Mm-hmm. In terms, it's of like it's not an obligation though for them to. <laughs> they could use a cornerback. <laughs> it's, sure. it's not, but I hate yeah. when teams don't do it. Like. Joey Porter was the heart and soul, and quite annoying ahead, if you were do not. The, a, do the Clay Matthews. No, but thing. if you well, it is reminds me when the Browns <laughs> passed on the son of Clay Matthews, and he becomes a. Or it's like, oh, let's pass on TJ or on JJ Watt's brother because there couldn't possibly be another Watt that's just as good as him. It's a fair point. How did one Watt get so over un, underdrafted? Uh, after the other Watt got overdrafted, Taco Charlton went ahead of well, TJ Watt. What are we doing here? Let's let's use that as a cautionary tale here um brian branch who the best safety in the draft like can do a little bit of everything not like crazy athleticism but i thought he might go in the first half of the first round is still out there michael mayer as we mentioned those are kind of the the mayor your guy darna washington a lot of receivers i can't wait to see a lot of good second round receivers i'm a big uh uh a big fan of of a few of them mingo is a big is a good one i think uh cedric tillman's a good one T.J. Watt went 30th overall in 2017. To absurd. The He's going to the Hall of Fame. Utterly absurd. Good chance. So, listen, you might have picked first, second, third, but you can get a Hall of Famer in the back end of the round. You can get a Hall of Famer in the second round. You can get a Hall of Famer at 199. Greg, remember? Remember the Tom, Tom Brady? Can't wait to check out uh, the Tom Brady pick. Day three. Always my favorite. Mm-mm-mm. All right. That is it. So, Check out the stream. That's fun. Check out. Well, you already checked this podcast out if you're listening. But also check out our Saturday recap of the whole draft, including uh, some winners and losers. Uh, and then uh, won't know, be so. doing that one at 1030 at night. <laughs> Thank you to everybody behind the scenes for uh, making this ship go. Thank you to the listeners, the viewers. Heave the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 